Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. She ended up calling me and being like, is our relationship weird? And he actually (laughs) texted me that morning and was like, hey, I saw my therapist today and I need to talk to you tonight, but I need you to also get drunk and then FaceTime me. And I was like, what? I really took that to heart and I ordered a fishbowl margarita. And okay. (laughs) Yeah. So what's really funny about our story and like our first conversation of like, are we a thing was that neither of us really remember it. (laughs) (laughs) How many great love stories start. Mine included. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all Welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that has a girl crush, but like a real one. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with country music singer Brooke Eden about gay Nashville. Some quick announcements. We mentioned last episode and caused a little bit of a panic. Maybe we weren't clear enough. We are still putting out episodes wherever podcasts are available every week. It's just that on Patreon, we're moving a lot of our upfront banter over there. So like last week, we had an episode on Patreon where we talked about Lil Nas X. We talked about Paris Hilton. We talked about our Patreon hang, which meant we talked a lot about New Zealand. What else, Melody? (laughs) You know, we talked about all the things that people generally write to ask us to talk about. And I don't remember, Melody. Did we share secrets? It's hard to say. It feels like all I'm doing is sharing secrets lately because we're on stereo three times a week. We've got the Patreon episodes and now we have the formal episodes. So it's just I can't keep track. It's a lot of chatting. Who knows what we're saying where, but a lot of stuff is probably getting out there that shouldn't. Oh, well, Mm -hmm. we do talk a little bit of uh, celebrity gossip. On Stereo, this week we had some fun. We did a Woman Crush Wednesday where we talked about what I thought was going to be all of our current crushes, and then you were going back into the archives talking about past crushes. We talked about hookup fails, which we didn't get through all of them. Cecilia chimes in during these stereo broadcasts. She sure does. Amazing, funny British people chime in. Bisexual Brian, who is a violinist, who is our new BFF, chimes in. We're just having a blast. Yeah, so many new friends. Join us. Yeah, just go to our show notes and you'll see the link for Stereo. It's a free app. It's really cool and it's a way to interact with us. We have so much fun. That's my favorite part is interacting with people. And also hearing from Cecilia. It's fun when she chimes in. I'm like, cute. what's my wife going to say next? <laughs> my my girlfriend will figure out the technology eventually. She <laughs> Last time she tried, she hijacked the show and booted you out. Yeah, she somehow... <laughs> Just kicked me right out of the show and caused me to panic spiral. Well, speaking of your partner, Melody, what's the gayest thing you did this week? I bought hiking boots. 
All right. For the first time in my adult life. I have an old pair of Adidas <laughs> that I've been taking on hikes that are just, you know, a sturdy running shoe that I thought sufficed until I did kind of like roll my ankle last summer. But I did finally get like a real pair that's on its way. What kind? What brand? Ugh. What's it called? Because it's not one I've seen before, and that makes me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> but it looks legit and has a lot of good reviews. I wonder if it's <laughs> the same as mine, because I actually just got some hiking shoes from REI for the same reason that the last couple times I've gone hiking, I somehow managed rolling my ankle and hurting it. So I'm like, I'm no longer hiking with regular shoes, but I got hiking shoes instead of hiking boots. What's the difference? I guess the the boots come higher up. The shoes kind of look more like regular shoes, but they're just more sturdy. They have more structure to them, I guess, around your heel. I don't know. I guess we'll see. And they're waterproof. Maybe mine are more shoes. It's uh, Merrill. Oh, Merrill. Is that it? I, I didn't get Merrill ones, but I was looking at Merrill hiking stuff. That's a good brand. Is it? Okay, cool. Good to know. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this in our Facebook group this last week, but so I know I'm not alone, but I've been sort of shopping to feel <laughs> or just <laughs> planning like things that I'm going to do once I'm fully vaccinated right. and I can leave my apartment. I'm very much spiraling. You know that because it took us, what, 20 minutes to actually record. I'm not doing great, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel and I'm going to hike to it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you can come up by where I live. There's a ton of great hiking around here and then we can just show off our dike energy and our new shoes for all of the Hudson Valley. I'm all about it. It's not really the Hudson Valley. It's called the Hudson something. Is it? Central Hudson? What's the... I don't know. You know what town looks nice? And listener Dana mentioned... I believe on our last Patreon hang, it's called something on Hudson. It's like one of the first stops on Metro oh, North Hastings. coming out. Yeah. yeah. What's the deal with that place? I want to also, that's on the bucket list though. I know nothing. I always go past it right. when I go and house sit in Putnam Valley, but it looks nice. Yeah. I live right by Bear Mountain, which is funny because Cecilia, one time, one of our like early, you know how sometimes you have a fight and you're like, where did this come from and why is this a fight? And Mm -hmm. it's just usually something else being projected into whatever's being talked about. And Cecilia and I once got in a fight over, she wanted to go to Bear Mountain to hike and it had to be like that weekend that she brought it up. I'm like, have stuff going on. I can't just drop everything and go to Bear Mountain. It, that's like a whole ordeal. We have to get Metro North. It, it's a thing. So I was like, no. And then she was like, you never want to leave the city. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And it just got into this like <laughs> weird fight about how I just because I didn't want to go to Bear Mountain that weekend. And now we live by Bear Mountain. So I'm like, are yeah. you happy? She's like, fine, then let's move there. Yeah. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. sure well r.i.p that fight congratulations on you know putting that one to rest (laughs) Carolyn. yeah what is the gayest thing you did this last week well you know my wife and i being the dykes we are we went and got vaccinated together we got our first shot as soon as they announced it was open to people over the age of 30 in new york We jumped right on it. We got tipped off to a place that wasn't far away that apparently had a ton of appointments. So we got a next 
day appointment. I got an appointment for less than 24 hours from when I went to book it, which was incredible. We went Hell first yeah. thing in the morning. It was so well organized. We got the Pfizer shot. And everybody, the, the nurses were so happy to be giving the shots. They're like, this is so much fun. Everybody's so happy and so excited. And this has been just a highlight. Isn't it? Yeah. Every, everybody's like in a good mood. It's the happiest place. It re- <laughs> New York's hottest club is the closest vaccination site to you. Yeah. I mean, all over the country, too. It is... The music, the smile, like the laugh lines. I mean, you can't, people are wearing masks, but you can tell everyone's smiling. (laughs) Making pleasant small talk. There's free coffee. There are free cookies. Truly the most positive energy I've witnessed, felt in at least obviously a year. Right. And what made it even more gay was I was filling out the questionnaire when I got there and it was just so inclusive to... Sex and gender. Oh, yeah, mine was. Yes, yeah, yes, it yes. must have been like a standard New York State form, mm-hmm. but it's like, what's your gender? And like 15 options. <laughs> and like, right. go New York. And just asking like very specific questions using the right terminology as far as my understanding of it. So, yeah, it felt like a gay, wonderful experience and isn't being responsible and considerate of your fellow citizens by getting vaccinated queer? Pretty queer. We're going to get so many anti-vax emails <laughs> with YouTube links. If all oh you have God. is a YouTube link, don't come at me, okay? <laughs> I uh, Can I just say, can I just say, I'm Facebook friends with some Republicans who I know are anti-abortion, who so bravely these last couple weeks have been posting their vaccination cards in defiant of their community. Like they, they're clearly directed at people who would criticize them for getting it. And I saw a Facebook friend of mine caption the post, my body, my choice. (laughs) And I screamed, (laughs) I screamed. (laughs) What is happening? So aggressively pro-life posting my body, my choice with your index card. Get out of here. Did you see the Marjorie Taylor Greene video that she was like, This is her working out in the gym doing CrossFit. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, this is my protection against COVID. And it's her doing CrossFit. And then comedian Jen Kirkman tweeted something along the lines of, how depressing is it that she can lift that much weight and do those kind of pull-up exercises yet have no upper arm definition? (laughs) (laughs) Truly, though. The most depressing part about that video is, did you see, like, an exercise scientist? Like, (laughs) it's been analyzed, and it's actually... She's doing everything correctly because if you see, look at that video, look it up if you haven't. It looks asinine, like made up, like she's flailing. She's doing a special kind of pull up that's actually like burns more calories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really looks like those guys at the gym who make up their like headstand. No, I've had enough. I've had enough CrossFit friends that none of that looked new to me. That was that was all familiar looking. So, you know, if you don't believe in vaccines and you're a CrossFitter, keep that to yourself. Don't email us about it. We made our choices. You make yours. So. (laughs) So. Today. (laughs) 
<laughs> we are diking out about Gay Nashville with American country music singer-songwriter Brooke Eden. So excited about this. Billboard described her as a fiery country star in the making. Brooke is one of the only openly queer female artists in country music, and we know so many of our listeners have been wanting us to talk more about country music and are so hungry for more representation. Here she is. She's lovely all around, has a trio of really fun singles releasing this year. Two are already out. One is on the way. Let's do this. Brooke, thank you so much for joining us on Diking Out today. How are you doing? So good to be here. I'm great. I'm having a a good day. It's sunny and beautiful in Nashville, so we are happy Yes. Awesome. And have you been in Nashville for most of the pandemic or did you go back to Florida? We have been in Nashville for pretty much the whole pandemic. We did go to Florida for a little bit to see family and just relax. But for the most part, we've been cooped up in our house in Nashville. There are worse places to be. 100%. We love like our little nest in Nashville. So it's kind of like twist my arm. I don't have to be super social. Wow. Okay. Right. <laughs> I love nest. Yeah. That is our culture. <laughs> women in a house. Yeah. We're definitely nesting. Yeah. I have actually never been to Nashville. It's on my list. I used to live in Atlanta. I've driven through Tennessee. I've been to Bonnaroo, but I've never hit Nashville and I am dying to oh, go. You Me must. Too. It is so much fun. There's so much nature and just like so many yeah. things to do, so much history. It's awesome. I definitely recommend coming. Like I hear the city just smells good. It does. There's so much food. There's so much cultural food here as well. Like I, yeah. I personally live in the part of town where almost on every single corner there is a taco truck. And it's my favorite thing about living where I live. Yes. The most amazing authentic Mexican food. It's incredible. Yes. <sighs> That's so good to find those spots. Yes. Well, before we get any further into this conversation, we have to ask you, what is the gayest thing you've done this week? The gayest thing I've done this week is my girlfriend and I own a couple of Airbnbs in Nashville. And today, actually, we just got done putting together a bed. Yes. (laughs) Was it a complicated bed? Did it have like storage or any? Well, I guess for an Airbnb, you don't really need storage under the bed, right? It actually had a trundle under the bed. So it's Okay. Day bed with a trundle underneath. But I will say it was the most well put together directions we've ever seen on anything we've ever put together. It was awesome. Okay, so no fights. (laughs) No fights. However, if you'll see this wallpaper that is behind me. Yes, it's gorgeous. Thank you. We almost got divorced. We are not married, but <laughs> it was a bitch. It was so hard. We promised ourselves to never do again. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Live and learn. <laughs> you know, it's tricky with some of those beds because we recently got one and it was, you know, Allen Wrench City, but it was where you can't use like the longer end of it to turn. So you're just doing like a million like tiny turns for each thing. <laughs> I hate that so much. 100%. You're just like, oh my gosh, is there a better way to do this? I know. You're like, can the screw just be like one inch further from the corner (laughs) so I can spin this thing? Wow. We're already off to the dikiest start. This is wonderful. (laughs) Brooke, you know, you've been making a lot of headlines recently, and I want to know if you think that 
it has anything to do with your controversial decision to write a song about sunroofs. <laughs> Very brave of you. I think that it has to do with just we as a community have been so underrepresented in country music for so long. Yes. Even if we are here because we've always been here, it's been hush hush and you know, you have to stay in the closet. And I think that especially after last year with the hellhole that it was, I think that there's just not room for being anything other than who you are. So I think like, even when it comes to like Black Lives Matter, there's so many Black artists in Nashville that are finally being heard. Mm. And there's so many LGBTQ artists in Nashville that are finally being heard as well. And I just think that marginalized groups are finally speaking up and going like, YOLO, we all know how quickly life can pass us by if we don't just live our lives. So like, YOLO, I'm out, I'm proud. And this is who I am. And I think that if you give people the opportunity to know you and learn who you are, I think that the world will soon accept everyone as who they are. Beautifully put. Yeah, and we saw it with the CMAs this last year. I mean, my girlfriend is a huge country music fan. She's from North Carolina. The biggest. You (laughs) and Mickey Guyton are playing in our apartment all day. (laughs) She wanted me to personally thank you for helping change the face of country music, but... I did catch the CMAs with her this last year and I was like, this feels different. Like I have nothing to compare it to, but I really, like you sense a change happening in the last year or so. Oh, 100%. It is night and day different. And I will say that the gatekeepers of this town have always been, well, since I've been here for the last nine years, have always been very progressive and very loving toward the LGBTQ community. I think that it was just that first person to maybe say, you know, I'm not going to stand back here and stay quiet anymore. I think that it's just everyone is now speaking their truths. And I think that it's just it's such a cool time to not only be in Nashville, but to be a part of this industry and watch it as it changes and watch people's minds shift and their perspectives shift and to just become a more well-rounded genre. I mean, you're clearly changing people's hearts and minds, you and Mickey and TJ Osborne, with coming out with your truth and your music reflecting that. Is it changing the hearts and minds of the gatekeepers, of the big, like, radio DJs? Like, I noticed you're on the highway. J.R. Schumann is the head of the highway, and he is very progressive. He's very, like, you know, he wants everyone to have a voice that has a voice. You know, if you're a great singer and a great artist and you're putting out great songs, he wants to play them. So I think that's awesome. I have not gotten to radio yet. I know radio, all I can say is that I know a lot of radio personally because I was on like a nine month radio tour the first time I went around. So I've met almost everyone in radio. And on top of that, my girlfriend is a radio promotions director for Garth Brooks. So she's on the phone day in and day out with all these radio programmers throughout the country. And all that we've felt from them is complete love. So I don't have a song on terrestrial radio right now, but we'll see when that time comes. They put their money where their mouth is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, can we get into your girlfriend and maybe her former job and how the two of you met? Yeah, we met the very first week of Radio Tour. She was my Northeast Radio Promotions Director. And Radio Tour is basically when 
a record label takes their artist out on the road all across the country and you go and meet about 150 different country radio stations across the nation. So it is super intense. You're meeting these really big personalities all day long. And then you get like a few hours of sleep and then you wake up in another city and you're doing it all over again. So it's a really just intense time for an artist to begin with. And I'm on my tour bus and they tell me that my promotions director, my radio promotions director will be meeting me in the city once we get there. So I was like, okay, cool. So Hillary walks on the bus. It was like probably midnight. I'm in a spray tan. So I'm like, can't hug you, but hey girl, what's up? And she (laughs) was like, oh, hey, don't worry about it. Like, you know, whenever you're done, I'll talk to you. And it was just the weirdest feeling of like, as soon as she got on the bus, I just like exhaled and like felt this overwhelming feeling of peace. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. Shook it off. I had no idea what that was. And then over the next few days, we just ended up, you know, at night, it was just me and her on the bus. And we would just talk about our lives and our families and what mattered to us in life. And we ended up just bonding super, super quickly and just had this connection that was wild. And at first, I think we both were like, oh my gosh, I just met my best friend. You know, this is awesome. And then by the last day, I was like, I don't think I feel about my friends the way I feel about this girl. (laughs) (laughs) That was super confusing because, you know, she works for my record label and that was just like a big no-no. So I'm like, oh yeah, let's, you know, be a female country singer. And not only am I not going to date a male country singer like every other female country singer does. Right. Yeah. I'm going to date my freaking promotions director. I'm like, no, not doing it. Not going to happen. Now, was she out and queer? Yeah. Okay. So, so you knew that she was queer. I knew that she, yeah, I knew that she was queer. She was also in a relationship when I met her. So I had totally friend zoned her as well because of that. And I was in a relationship when I met her as well. So it was just like, okay, cool. Like, this is great. My new best friend. And then as soon as I started having these feelings, I broke off my relationship and I was just like, I cannot feel about someone this strongly if I'm supposed to be loving someone else. Like this can't be right. So um, she ended up calling me and being like, is our relationship weird? And she actually (laughs) texted me that morning and was like, hey, I saw my therapist today and I need to talk to you tonight, but I need you to also get drunk and then FaceTime me. And I was like, what? (laughs) So we were in Phoenix, Arizona that night and I really took that to heart and I ordered a fishbowl margarita. And okay. <laughs> yeah. So what's really funny about our story, like our first conversation of like, are we a thing? Was that neither of us really remember it. <laughs> we remember like the beginning and the end. How many great love stories start. Yeah. Mine included. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> hey, sometimes you just need a little liquid courage, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But yeah, that's how we met. We worked together and At first, it was just like really scary because we didn't want to ruffle any feathers. You know, we were just like in love. There was no if, ands, or buts. We were in love. And it definitely, you know, kicked up the dust a little bit, a lot (laughs) of it. But here we are five years later and 
it's wow. very clear that that's what needed to happen. So I was wondering, because it's been like 10 years since Shelley Wright came out and she didn't have as pleasant of an experience <laughs> with the whole situation. Actually, uh, before quarantine, one of the last things that Melody and I did was see Shelley Wright play in, in New York. And she was still getting emotional talking about her experience and what happened and was like very vulnerable about it. Was it stories like that that kind of influenced your decision of like if and when to come out? Was that like the cautionary tale that people you worked with pointed to? Yes. Shelly Ray 100% was the cautionary tale. Also, I don't know if y'all know Shelly Fairchild, but she had a very similar situation. She's a country singer who was signed to Sony way back when. And it wasn't even way back when, I think it was like nine years ago. It was around the same time as Shelly. And once they found out that she had a female partner, they kicked her off the record label. So it wasn't just one. And Shelly did like all the background vocals on my first single and also was a background vocalist for Martina McBride. And so like I knew her and knew of her and knew her story. And then of course knew Shelly's story and when I first met Hillary, I was just so proud to be standing next to her that I was just kind of like, whatever happens, happens. But then members of my team who are no longer on my team were like, listen, like either you keep this hush hush or like, this is not going to work for you. And at first I thought I could do it. At first I was like, okay, like if that's what we have to do, that's what we have to do. But like, that's not going to last, you know, you can't yeah. keep an artist, especially a country artist, is supposed to be all about real life and authenticity and heart. And how can I be a real country artist if I'm not telling even half of my story because I can only tell what 50% of me, you know? Just, right. It doesn't add up. And also just that it had never been done successfully ever before. Right. I read that it was making you physically ill, too, when you were trying to keep it in. Yeah. I got really <laughs> sick. I was out on the road and I had gotten anemia right in the beginning and just was like, hmm, that's weird. Anemia. My mom was like, oh, I have anemia, too, honey. It's fine. So I started having to get like iron infusions every couple of months to like keep my iron levels up. Those are intense. I had a friend who had to do iron infusions and it like wreaked havoc on her body. Really? Yeah, she just had like a really bad reaction to it. Yeah, they have you take a Benadryl and like a Tylenol the first like 20 times I did it. And then I finally was like, I think I'm good. Can I not take it anymore? Yeah. I'm so tired. Yeah, I mean, they kept me alive, literally. And I had so many health issues. I had four colonoscopies and exploratory stomach surgery, all the x-rays you can possibly have. And finally, I ended up getting this test where you swallow a camera. And it goes pictures yeah. of all of your insides. Mm -hmm. I've had that too. It's so cool, right? It's like creepy, but it's super cool. And so they, through that test, they found out that I had ulcers in my small intestine. And my doctor literally was like, I don't know your life, but there's something going on here that's beyond medicine. You need to get off the road. You need to take a really good look at yourself and what is going on and like figure your shit out. It was literally like doctor ordered. So that's what initially pulled me off of the road, off of touring as much as I was. It was nonstop. And I was getting like three and four hours of sleep a night. And, you know, you're like 
hanging out and having drinks with radio almost every single night of the week and you're eating, right. you know, gas station burritos and pizza and you're just not taking yeah. care of yourself. So my doctor is just like, you have to start taking care of yourself. And also whatever emotional battle you're going through, you need to figure that out too. And that's definitely a wake up call. So listeners, you heard it here first. Coming out of the closet is the cure to anemia. Um, <laughs> just if any of you are on the fence. Oh my God. It's the cure to a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. I didn't even know what happiness was until I was fully out. That really comes through in your latest music video. It's so happy. I've never seen so many positive comments on a YouTube of any sort in my entire <laughs> life. Like, I, I know you're in out country music, so I did kind of squint while I scrolled down from the video, just not knowing what to expect. I did not see one negative comment. It's a dangerous game, YouTube comments. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So much praise, so many, like, just personal stories. It was yeah. really, I've never seen anything like it. Oh, my gosh. It's been the most amazing coming out experience as far as like coming out to the country music fans because it's something that I was so scared about for so long and then when I finally did it I was just met with complete love and support and acceptance and also like oh thank you for doing that I've been waiting for someone to you know represent us for a long time hey thank you for doing this I now feel comfortable coming to a country concert with my girlfriend while I'm holding her hand it's just like the coolest thing ever. And I just yeah. remember sitting there for so long, like wanting the world to change, but like doing absolutely nothing to be a part of that change. And then finally, when I was like, I can do something here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not right. silent, but I felt so silent for so long. So muted for so long that it was like, almost like I had to retrain my brain into knowing what I was allowed to do. And I'm allowed to mm -hmm. be myself and I'm allowed to be out and I'm allowed to be an out country singer. And all of that is OK, you know? Yeah, it feels like there was such a an appetite from the queer community to have that representation in country, especially. I know that before Melody was co-host of this podcast, she was a, a guest on it and she brought up her girlfriend's love of country music. And we just got this like barrage of messages from people that are like, why don't you do a country music episode? They were dying for us to talk about country in the scene. And it always, for me, felt like something that kind of wasn't for me as somebody who grew up like in the Northeast and then came out at an early age. It wasn't until I moved to Atlanta and started going to a bar called Three Legged Cowboy and they just played like <laughs> country music and had like line dancing nights and that sort of, I was like, okay, there are people who are like so gay and love this stuff. Oh, yeah. I actually bartended at a country line dancing bar right out of college. There was like the redneck corner like the college corner and then the lesbian corner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So many country lesbians that yeah. was a big takeaway from my time in Georgia. <laughs> Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
But what did they have, right? Like, girl crush. I need to know your thoughts on girl crush. And I think maybe I brought it up when I was a guest on the podcast because my girlfriend has a five-minute bit. She's a stand-up comedian, too. And it's about girl crush and how excited she was for the representation as she's listening and listening and then her realization about what it's really about. It's... For listeners who don't know, Girl Crush is a song by Little Big Town. The lyrics are, you know, pretty queer at first. It's about a woman who's got a girl crush. She hates to admit it, but she's got a hard rush and talks about everything she wants to do, like taste her lips and, you know, drown herself in her perfume. But it's really because the man she loves is with this woman and she loves the man so much. So I also know a lot of lesbians who love country music who have embraced it and sort of take what they want from it. (laughs) But then I know other queers who have rejected it and call it queer baiting. So what side do you fall on? I know the writers personally who wrote that song. And I know that they have such a, they're all very loving toward the LGBTQ community and like some part of it. And so to me, I think it was like a really good toe dip into the water. Also, mm-hmm, the yeah. town's manager is like part of the gay mafia in Nashville. Okay. Yeah. So Jason Owen is like this badass manager. He also manages like Casey Musgraves and Shania Twain and Dan. Shea. Oh, nice. So he's a total badass. And we really in this town in Nashville, we have this, it is a real gay mafia. Like, the gays run this town, which is so wild. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. Is the head of the gay mafia, Dolly Parton, wink for yes, blink twice for no? Because <laughs> I'm on to her and Judy. We're on her. I have no comment. Have you ever seen Judy around Nashville with another woman? Oh, oh my God, God, the Dolly Parton pillow. <laughs> yes. We all need that Dolly Parton pillow. That is phenomenal. I love it. Oh, my gosh. We love Dolly here. But yeah, I will yes. say that like this town is so many of the managers, so many just people in high power situations are gay. Right? Like the entertainment industry is so queer throughout. Oh my gosh, 100%. <laughs> so all that to say, you know, Little Big Town, they are the biggest allies for the LGBTQ plus community. I mean, Philip Sweet is one of my greatest friends. He's one of the four in Little Big Town. And he and his wife are so supportive of me and Hill and of the whole community. And I think that they're, first of all, the song is just fan freaking fantastic oh it's great my, my girlfriend sings it to me a lot <laughs> so cute <laughs> melody stop trying to kick up dirt you're trying to stir the pot here <laughs> i know i'm kind of gulped <laughs> at your initial response oh my gosh no i think it's a great song i think it's a, a good little toe dip into the water i think that for a yeah. lot of the people in the country community they did not understand the meaning of the song so they totally thought it was about a girl crush anyway. Like, right. Crush, yeah. So just like Jolene, yeah. Jolene is the original girl crush. Totally, totally. You're so right. <laughs> but yeah, that's my take on it. I love it. I think that, you know, it was just the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you for indulging. Yeah, totally. <laughs> obviously influenced by my girlfriend, that question. She sent me to bed with a list last night and then I got three more questions during the day. Oh my God. <laughs> I looked at our episode, Doc, and I'm like, Melody, 
these came from Allie, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> like hyper specific. You're like, you don't know about TJ Osborne. I love TJ Osborne. It's cool to watch. I, I also grew up in the Northeast in Connecticut. I felt like country music wasn't for me. Country music was like, is always tied in with some Christianity and patriotism, but it was a weird time for me because September 11th had happened and I'm Middle Eastern and I was just kind of, you know, scared and wasn't running to embrace music I associated with some ideology. I was young at the time. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So my parents have since moved down to South Carolina, very close to Georgia. I have this Southern girlfriend. There's 200% more country music in my life now. My dad loves it. He is a brown man driving around blaring country music. (laughs) Like, love it. The corny, just like it, she thinks my tractor sex. Just like it's so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that so much. I love it so much, and I think that that's what we've been missing for so long. Is like we have all white country artists, just white straight country artists. That is just what we've been for yeah. so long. But that does not represent who is listening to country music. There, your brown dad goes sure. strolling, mm-hmm. strolling in South Carolina with his country music on. And there's like no brown people singing it, you know? And it's just like, I hope that this opens doors for all marginalized groups to start becoming a part of this genre of music. Yeah. I remember back in 2007 when I was in Atlanta, I worked with somebody who she was a black woman and she wanted to be a country singer and just talking about the the struggles both coming from the country community but also coming from the black community and like her friends and her family not taking her and her ambition seriously because they're like that's not a place where you're going to be successful like oh good luck with that honey right right so she was felt like she was discounted on all sides even though I'd never met anybody who was like so passionate about their dream but it does feel like things thankfully are changing now. Yeah. And Mickey doing what she's doing is just so cool. She's like been a really good friend of mine since I was 18 and to see her doing what she's doing. And she came over to my house, like right before the pandemic last year. And she was baking me chocolate chip cookies. And she was like, all right, I have to let you in on like these songs that I'm about to release. And so we met When I was 18, we were standing in line in Atlanta trying out for American Idol. Oh, yes. yes. And it was in the dead of the hot Atlanta summer. And my hair was out to space. And (laughs) my mom was with me because I had just turned 18. And she was just like, oh, honey, the hair is bad. It's just bad. And she was like swatting my hair. And Mickey was like a couple of contestants behind me. And she actually came up to me and was like, Hey girl, I heard you and your mom talking about your hair. Like I completely feel you. I have a straightener with me. Do you want to go like plug it in and I'll straighten your hair for you? And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. So we became instant friends and then we ended up both getting to go to Hollywood. So we spent that week in Hollywood together and then we just stayed in touch and then when she moved to Nashville we ended up being at like the same writers round and I was like Nikki and she was like Brooke and it's so great to like have her in Nashville but not only have her in Nashville but have her also just making such a difference in this genre doing what she's doing but when she was over she's like you have to hear these songs what are you going to tell her is one of her songs that is out right now and it's she's like 
I had this little black girl come up to me and tell me that she wanted to be a country artist. And she's like, what do I tell her? Like, good luck with that. I've been here for 10 years and have been on tour with Brad Paisley and have met every country radio program director and no one wants to play my music and they won't play yours either. He's like, no, like I have to change things for that little girl so that she can be a country artist one day. And I just thought that that was just so cool and brave of her. And I'm getting emotional just listening to you tell that. Oh, I sobbed at her CMA performance. It was Grammy performance. I was just like, Oh no, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I have goosebumps head to toe right now. Just my, thinking about it. Yeah, she's one of my favorite vocalists, anyways. And then the music that she's putting out is just so incredibly good. It's just wild. Yeah. But with all this progress, we obviously get like reactions too. It's weird. I get, like I said, from my girlfriend, a lot of secondhand, you know, gossip or what's going on in the country world. And it seems like What's going on, at least with the country right now, with the pendulum swinging to one end and then having to swing back a little bit with, you know, the Morgan Whalen of it all, the just hate speech and then the rise in his record sales, right? Can someone explain to me who Morgan Whalen is? <laughs> he is a country singer, dude, who he had like a lot of really good success. And then he used the N-word and his neighbor got it on. Oh, that one. Yeah, I do know who that is. Yeah. Wow. All right. It's so hard to explain. I just, I don't, I can't, it makes me speechless, honestly. I mean, yeah. I will say that Morgan has said, stop supporting me. I need a freaking revolution like I need to go and change myself and become a better person and he's told his fans to stop you know buying his records but obviously there are still racist America yeah it's just right is what it is unfortunately and I think that the only way that we help to change that is by doing what all of us are doing yeah keep on keeping on. It kind of reminds me of the comedy world too with Louis CK. I know they're different, but just like someone who I guess according to my girlfriend there were rumblings of bad behavior in the past that was kind of like industry knowledge but not like something the country would know about. But once it's put on blast by a TMZ or in Louis CK's case the New York Times like a big institution confronts it then is it really acknowledged in the industry oh he yes he was canceled in nashville okay he got dropped from his record label he got dropped from his publishing deal he got dropped from his booking agency the boy got dropped yeah that's why it's so weird yeah the record sales rise but that's not nashville that's i think that's what i want to get at like the differences between nashville and like the culture at large well i also think that you know nashville used to be the culture at large and now i feel like Nashville is so progressive and moving forward in such a beautiful way. And I think that it might just take a second for the fans to catch up. I think that there is a Mm. large majority of fans who are here and they're with us and they're going and they're proud to be allies and they're, you know, pumped about having different diverse people, I think in the country music community. But I think that for so many of these people, they literally don't think that they've ever met a gay person. They don't think they they probably have never met a black person. It's literally just like these very small town people 
who listen to country music and that's their life and they just don't know anything else. And I think that it stems from fear of the unknown. They just don't know or have never met a gay person or they've never met a black person and they just don't know they're scared. And I think that a lot of people, when they're scared, they put up their defense mechanism is hate. And the more and more they see people out there like Mickey Guyton, who is singing these beautiful songs and such a great representation of the country music community and a black artist in the country music community, the more that they're going to open up their eyes to like, oh, wow, black people aren't bad. Oh, then they see TJ Osborne and me and they're like, oh, gay people. Wow. They look just like us. It's just like, because we've all been kept so quiet for so long. They just don't Mm -hmm. know. So I'm always open to people being like, hmm, you're going to have to tell me more about that. And I'm like, yeah, I'll totally tell you about how freaking hard it was to come out and how that was not my first choice. And now how happy and how lucky I feel that I am queer because that's how I found love. And like, I'm so thankful that I found it. But it's like, I'm not afraid to to dive in with people. And I think that y'all aren't afraid to dive in with people. And I think that we're change things. Yes. With coming out, was there anything that surprised you about the experience other than maybe Melissa Etheridge tweeting? Oh my God, Melissa freaking Etheridge. Like I was like, who is tweeting Melissa Etheridge and me? That's cool. And then I was like, (gasps) Melissa Etheridge tweeting. Yes. I forgot. I saw that. That was super wild. Oh my gosh. What a freaking queen of the earth. I think that I just wasn't, I didn't know how people were going to react. Like I didn't want to have any perceptions of the way that it was going to go because I didn't want to be upset if the reaction was really negative. And Mm -hmm. I tried to keep very open-minded and just go like, this is the only way I know how to do what I'm about to do. Like, this is the only way I know how to put out music. This is the only way I know how to live my life. And hopefully we can help some people and open some minds and some hearts. But at the end of the day, if I just get a big hell no, like at least I was myself. You know, you you mentioned the pandemic earlier, how big a role do you think that played? Because I think for a lot of people, we're spending time at home kind of (laughs) out of view and living life, you know, without as many eyes on us. And I think for some people, it's really made them have to think about like, who am I? Who do I want to be? And when things go back to normal, am I really going to go back to the way I was before? Or has this changed me, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that this pandemic has changed people massively because for one thing, I think that before the pandemic, it was so easy to get wrapped up in just bullshit, just things that didn't matter. Right. But now I think that there's no room, like there's less room for hate. There's less energy for hate because like most people are just figuring out a way how to put food on the table. And if their kids are going to school or not, and if their kids cough is freaking COVID or if they have the normal flu or cold. I just think that people's minds are so overwhelmed with things that actually matter right now that hating love isn't so much a factor anymore. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that that is going to be really good for our community because there's just no more energy for that. But I also think that, you know, a lot of people maybe figured out that they were queer over this pandemic and then how to deal with it, you know? Yeah. it's It was just a year of shattering illusions. Like <laughs> yeah. we don't have the energy or time to deal with them, but I think people don't have the energy to put them on. We don't like, it was just like a year of just seeing through things and seeing things for what they are. And yeah, I agree. I think people definitely came out. <laughs> There's a spike at least in coming out because of the pandemic. Yeah, there was nothing to hide behind anymore. You mentioned that there's like this gay mafia in Nashville. Like what was your exposure or your relationship to the queer community before Hillary? How much of a queer cultural onboarding did you have? Girls, I was in theater and chorus my whole entire life. Okay. So you knew what was up. Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) I went to Christian school until I was a sophomore in high school. And then I went to a public school with a hundred times the number of kids I was going to school with before. And it was just the best cultural immersion for me because like all of a sudden I'm around all these different people with all these cool different backgrounds. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I met a Jewish person today. That was cool. (laughs) Like it's cool to be like a part of, you know, a a school where there was just all types of people, all types of backgrounds, all types of sexual orientations. And so like, yeah, I am, I've always very much connected to gay men. I just have so many male gay best friends and it's just like a thing for me. And I always have. So I've always been like a very big ally. But I feel like so honored to be a part of the queer community now because I'm like, I always knew we were cool. That's how I felt too. And I truly think that if I did theater, I would have come out sooner in life. You're gonna find your your family there. <laughs> and Yeah. Well, I think with gay men too, there's always like I don't know, for for me it feels like a sense of safety. It's like, oh, these guys are like safe to get close to. They're safe to be myself around and they're gonna be accepting and they're not coming on to you unless they're like damn those pants look so good on you you know right right only hype and love and which is the best compliment anytime a gay guy compliments my clothes I'm like I'm buying 10 more absolutely yeah I just love the queer community everyone it's so much love and so much happiness and like we all just have I think a lot of empathy for everyone because of the shit and the struggles that we all had to go through right my favorite type of people are empathetic people and I think that we all are in this community is there a good queer bar in Nashville or like any anything about queer Nashville we should know about as we both have never been, I actually was supposed to go with my girlfriend. I turned it down last minute just before the pandemic. I was going to go with her to perform a comedy club oh and just well, now stay we in the a hotel. Of good Airbnbs. I know. We so we'll be out. staying at your Airbnb <laughs> next time and just let us know what to check out. Sure. Yeah. We have a couple of gay bars downtown. It's actually really funny. The gay street, like the street where all the gay bars are, is Church Street. So love, it. love that. Yeah. But the <laughs> really fun gay bar here is called play and it's just awesome. And then there's also, I don't know if, the, if it's happening right now because of COVID, but I think it's probably back now. 
There's a drag brunch on Sunday mornings right next door to play. There's also the Lipstick Lounge in East Nashville. There's places to hang out for sure. And also just in general, Nashville is just like the most open place. Like I don't usually go to get gay bars. I just go to bars and we've never been looked at twice, holding hands, kissing. I'm like pretty PDA with her because I'm just obsessed (laughs) with her and like never have been looked at twice unless someone came over and was like, you guys are so sweet. Like as much as it's like the country music epicenter, it's also just like Nashville as a whole is very loving, progressive, liberal, with a blue dot and a very red state. Oh, yeah. Right. But yeah, it's a great place. I would definitely recommend coming here. Hell yeah. So before you came out, you mentioned that you're working with a different team now. I know that a lot of times people think that they just mean well. They're like, oh, I don't have a problem with it, but other people are going to have a problem with it. (laughs) I mean, is that why part of the reason they're no longer your team or is that just like a a coincidence? Oh, there's no coincidence there. Yeah. You just wanted to start fresh. (laughs) Yeah. There was no way I could have moved forward in that situation. So I definitely had to, you know, it, it just kind of happened. I didn't have to like go and make some crazy change. It just Right. The way that it needed to. So that was really nice. But yeah, it's totally the like, this person did not say I don't care. It was very much like I care. And I'm not welcoming of it for sure. But for the most part, you get like from my parents, I got like, well, we don't care, but your life is going to be really hard. And now my parents are like totally on the other side. Our biggest supporters want to help other parents of LGBTQ kids and people in general. But, you know, I think that their whole thing was like, your life is going to be really hard. And then when I finally explained to them living not authentically, like me being with a man would have been the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. What was that ever pushed on you to like have a beard or anything? Kind of like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not necessarily from, you know, the industry or anything like that, but just like in general, it was like, you know, if you had a boyfriend, this would make things a little easier. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it would, but it's not me. And then in five years, when I finally get the nerve to come out, all my fans are going to be like, what the hell? Who is that? You know? Yeah. (laughs) And there was a time when I was in Nashville that I dated guys. You know, I just kept on like trying and I was just like, man, what is going on here? Yeah. (laughs) These guys, I mean, they were great. This is like when I realized like, oh, I think that you might be gay. I was like dating all of these like incredible guys, very sweet, handsome, loving dudes. And I was just like, man, why can't I get there? Like what's happening? What's wrong with me? (laughs) Yes. I have a friend who had a very similar experience where she was dating this guy who was just phenomenal just the coolest dude and she was like he's so much more into me than I am into him and I'll just never get there always how I felt and I was just like why is it never equal like why can't I just want to be someone's equal like I don't want to don't want him to like me so much more than I like him and I just didn't understand it for so long I think that if people like knew me from back then they'd be like hold on like when did you turn gay and I'm like no 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 sometimes it's takes a while to realize that, oh, that's why it wasn't working. Right, yeah. right. Hillary being, you know, in your music video and everything, like, does she feel like now she's a little bit more in the spotlight? How has she been adjusting 
to this newfound attention that I'm sure she's getting. Oh my gosh, y'all. It's so funny because she is like self-proclaimed the girl behind the camera. Like she did not want anything to do with this life. I actually have a video of her. I like had a filter on my phone. This was like four years ago. We were still super closeted. And I have this video on my phone of me with a filter on and I was acting like I was going to take a picture, but it was actually a video. And she was like, is this a video? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, "Ugh." and it's so funny because now she's in a three and a half minute video co-starring with me. Right. right. Yeah. She has become such a natural because she wants to change this industry and this world really just as much as I do. And so I think that she understands, I know that she understands that like, that's what we're doing. And it's like, not about us. It's about making the world better and like changing hearts and minds. And because of that, I think that she just realizes like, oh, this is bigger than me. It's not about me. It's about like helping. So that helps things a lot, but she's definitely, you know, coming into her own and like, she's just such a little natural now. Yeah. I I was very happy to see that her profile was public and then saw that my girlfriend follows it and that just the comments on it are all just like, yeah, what you said, like, it's not about the two of you. It's just so many people seeing themselves in you in uh, a culture they otherwise didn't until then. The comments on her post specifically were really fun to read. (laughs) And she's in your music video. Yeah, It's Amazing. I um, bought the sunglasses, actually, that she's wearing in them. <laughs> they had a little rainbow on the frame. It's, it'll be here in a few days. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I got the picture. That's so cute. How has coming out changed your music, or how do you think it will affect it going forward? Just being able to be myself, even though it's only been in our bubble up until a few months ago, has completely changed everything. I mean, if you listen to my old music, it's definitely more like cynical and edgy. And even my clothes were different. I wore like all black and fringe and I wore my eyeliner thicker. And it was so wild just meeting Hillary. A lot of people still didn't know that we were together, but they would come to me and be like, there's something different about you. Like, (laughs) seem so happy and so light. Like, did you change your hair color? Like, what happened? (laughs) And I think just since meeting her five years ago, it's changed my music to now. It's happy. And I had never written a love song until I met Hillary. So all my songs are love songs. (laughs) It's so funny because especially in Nashville, Nashville is known for like these really great ballads, these really great, like sad songs. So I write songs four or five times a week and we'll come into a write and the writer, my co-writers will be like, so what do you need an up-tempo song? And I was like, I'm always like, nope, I've got all the happy up-tempo songs. (laughs) Good on that. Yeah, good on that. I (laughs) am crippled by, I cannot write a sad song right now. And they're Mm -hmm. like, we haven't heard that ever. And I'm like, I know, I'm too happy, damn it. (laughs) So, I mean, it's definitely changed my music. It's changed my perception on life, my perception on love, just how I dress, how I am to others. My relationships with other people are so much stronger because there's no wall in between. There's no armor that I'm putting on. It's just different in every way. 
Congratulations. I'm so happy. Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a beautiful story and I think that your acceptance and your current and future success is going to open doors for so many people and I think capture a larger audience for country music and the more people see themselves in it, the bigger the pool gets. But you you have some new songs that have recently come out. Tell us what you're working on, what you have planned. Give us a peek. I have one more song coming out. It comes out next month on May 7th. And I'm really, really, really excited about this song. It's called Got No Choice. And it deals with a lot of the struggles that we went through as a couple when we first got together. And this second verse goes, hearing gossip from my neighbors, we don't fit on paper from the bars to the church crowd. We're the talk of the whole town. Oh, my God. It's like a song for any couple that's ever been met with people telling them that they're never going to make it or that they shouldn't be together and then ended up kind of looking at them and being like, hey, we're married and more in love than ever. You still want to stick to that or what? You know, it's kind of like a song that champions love that, you know, was hard to hold on to. So I'm so excited for that song to come out. And then I just had a meeting with my label. They want me to go in and record more songs. So yeah, on the way. Love it. Can't wait. So glad you have a new song coming out just in time for Pride the next month that our listeners can enjoy. Do they have an idea of when people are going to be out on the road? I know that the waters are being tested with touring. I just got my first vaccine shot this morning, hoping that that changes. I mean, I got my first one two weeks ago, and so I'll be fully vaccinated in three weeks. For me, as long as me and my team are vaccinated, what everyone else does is kind of like their own prerogative. But as far as like festivals and stuff go, I mean, that's totally just like the festival's liability. So I don't really know how that's going to go yet. But as far as like what we can do, whether it's a tiki bar tour or like a smaller bar tour until we can get back to festivals and stuff, we have a lot of ideas. Nothing's solidified yet but a lot of ideas so okay my vote for tiki bar tour (laughs) I know I'm there (laughs) we have done actually my manager is like the most meticulous numbers man in the entire world and he has gone through and looked at every single state and found a tiki bar in every single state yeah so we are working on you know figuring out how we can do that because it's never been done before. (laughs) Yeah, we're very excited about the future and just being able to get out and perform and sing these songs. And where can people follow you and find you on social media? I'm everywhere at Brooke Eden Music. Perfect. Great. Well, Brooke, this has been such a wonderful conversation and I hope that we'll see you rolling through New York one of these days or I'm actually more excited to come through Nashville and yes. hopefully catch a performance of yours. Nothing would make me happier. Absolutely. I can't wait to meet you girls in person one of these days and I hope to see you guys soon. Likewise. Yes. Thank you, Brooke. Melody, have you checked out the Nashville Airbnbs yet? Why do I have to look when I know that we're staying at hers? I just need to find the link to Brooks. That's what I meant. Go to Hillary Hoover's Instagram. (laughs) Okay. You know I have. Yeah. She has a link to the Airbnbs. We're going to have to do a group 
trip, whether you like it or not. We're going to have to find a third. I already told Allie last night. Yeah, we're going to have yeah. to find a third couple to get in on this action. Maybe we can, maybe the third couple is two dykes and a mic. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll all descend on Nashville to do some queer comedy and stay in one of these huge, perfectly decorated Airbnb. Like, I wish I could have hired them to design my renovations. It is the coolest looking Airbnb. There's two of them. I'm holding back on emailing her about where she got this one piece of furniture that I'm interested Mm -hmm. in. Just really good. Okay. Yeah. Shall we move on to this week's listener question? Mm -hmm. You know, I love this one. I'm excited. Okay. I've become aware of a particular type of woman, usually a celebrity of sorts, who I'll suspect is queer. I can just feel it. There's a vibe. Only to find out later after some research that she's not gay at all, but in fact, Canadian. (gasps) Twist. Yeah. My gaydar is typically accurate, but this seems to be a recurring exception, happening often enough to find it odd. I've tried explaining away this phenomenon as wishful thinking, hello, Sandra Bullock, but it is not always people I find attractive. I have to know, do others experience the straight Canadian effect or is it just me? What could cause such a peculiar correlation? Also, I would like to point out that this listener has acknowledged that exceptional health care and wintry wardrobes up in Canada are inherently queer. Mm, okay. I've got this one covered. I mean, no surprise I'm jumping in as the resident Canadian of the podcast. Expected no less. Yeah, beavers are the official emblem of Canada. So that already... Case closed. Yeah. Puts a certain tint on the whole situation. All right? You're seeing everyone through beaver-colored glasses. (laughs) As you mentioned, wardrobe. Wintry wardrobes. Flannel. Things that are maybe a little out of date. All queer. Yeah. Layers. Have you seen the website for the brand Roots? Oh, my God. It might as well be called Gay Root. Because yes, it is clothing Say for homos. <laughs> yes, I wear a Roots winter jacket. Yes, my wife has a Roots sweatsuit. Do you guys really? I have a Roots hoodie and things that are now too small for me when I used to visit my cam- my family in Vancouver. Ugh, I almost bought a jacket from Roots the other day, but it was too expensive. I'm like, I can't afford this right now. But yeah, they have great jackets. They, you know, sponsored the Canadian Olympic team. So athletics, it's just, it's a lot of gayness there. I don't blame you. I think the biggest thing is let's look at who Americans know to be Canadians, right? The Canadians who are celebrities in this country are either queer or queer by association. So we have Rachel McAdams, who played gay in Disobedience. We have Celine Dion, who many are convinced is a closeted lesbo. Gay icon at the very least. Sandra Oh, Killing Eve. Mm-hmm. Enough said. Shay Mitchell plays a les on Pretty Little Liars. Anna Paquin, queer. Avril Lavigne. How many lesbians do you know dress like Avril Lavigne, right? Alanis Morissette, queer. Kim Cattrall, played a bisexual. Elliot Page, Katie Lang. Come on! <laughs> You know, all of the hot girls on TikTok who I'm in love with and don't even know they're Canadian until they say the word about those. <laughs> Natasha Negovanlis, Pasquet, how many queer Canadians have we had on this podcast? The only obviously straight seeming Canadian woman is Pamela Anderson. Everyone else 
is confusing. Yeah, it is a thing. It's a it thing. is a phenomenon. Do you have any real life examples? I have one real life example where my ex <laughs> my ex-wife met a friend of mine and just assumed that she was a lesbian. And I said, no, she's not a lesbian. She's Canadian. She's like, well, why does she look like a lesbian? I'm like, I don't know. She, I, she's just Canadian, but she's not a lesbian. But now that person is bisexual. So my, there you go. my ex, I, so, you know, you never know. Maybe most Canadians are, are a little bit gay, have a little bit of, uh, you know, beaver power. To us, Canadians are queer in general. Queerly Canadian. I don't have any real life examples. Um, yeah, I really took that one over. I'm very passionate about this topic. Yeah, no, that's all yours. Canadians <laughs> seeming queer. Honestly, if I'd spent more time in Canada, I may have come out sooner. I may have also just been very confused all the time. Right. Yeah. Everyone's so nice and friendly. Every other guest we have, we have to have this moment at the beginning where you guys bond over Canada. It does happen often. And you've missed a lot of Canadian guests. There are a lot of guests, and I always... Bring up, where in Canada are you from? But there have been so many. At least a fifth of our guests, I think, are Canadian. At least. (laughs) Not by design. It's just the the pool is contaminated. Even our our gay Paris episode, (laughs) Melissa Laveau, Toronto. Yep. (laughs) Kara Connors with the LA swagger, Canada. Yep. And if they're not Canadian, they went to school in Canada. Mm -hmm. Robbie Hoffman, Mae Wilkerson. Allie Pankew. Allie Pankew. Well, she's Canadian through and through. Tessa Scara, Ariel Duhem-Ross. Oh, who went to school, sorry. So many. Mae Martin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So to answer the question, that's a solid yes. Yeah. Others experience it. Mm-hmm. We're speaking on behalf of others. Yep. Case closed. Oh, you know why else? Most of the L word was shot in Vancouver. How about that? That's right. Why do you think they picked Vancouver? Because it felt gayer. Definitely not for tax purposes and <laughs> the industry go-to for its weather and scenery. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, it's because it felt gayer than L.A. It's not, <laughs> but it feels that way. Mia Kirshner. Okay. Ah, uh, Mia Kirshner. Well, let's end on that high. Mia Kirshner. <sighs> Mia Kirshner, everybody. You can follow us at Diking Out everywhere. If you have a question for us, you can email it to dykingout at gmail.com. That's the best way of us getting it read. It can be serious. It can be silly. It can be anything. But we need more questions. So send them in. You can follow me at TGI Carolyn. And guess what? You can follow me at Melody Kamali. Find us on stereo. Drop us some voice messages on there. We love to interact. Truly the best part of the stereo conversations are interacting with y'all. Send in your voice memos and let's chat. I think I got invited to a British sex dungeon. Yeah, well, no, we definitely did. I was there. Yeah, yeah. So you never know. You never know. So if you join the stereo, yeah, you might get in. Likely get invited. Yeah, she invited us all. If you escape the dungeon, you can get up to the penthouse. (laughs) This has been fun. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. We'll see you next Tuesday. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. 
And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.